seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 8-3 of Color of Magic. I actually remembered which one we were on this week. I am your host, Daquan Watson. And as always, I have my main man here, Brian Allen. How is it going today, dude? Pretty good. No major complaints. You still doing all right after your uh, COVID shot? Yeah. I don't think anything is going to happen at this point. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I got my other one coming up, I think, next Tuesday. So y'all might get a zombified me on the recording next week because we normally record on Wednesdays. So we'll see how I do with mine. I don't know how that's going to go yet. The first one didn't affect me at all. So hopefully the second one's not bad either. We'll see. Though, before we get rolling with everything, I'd like to tell everybody, if you would like to support the show, please check out patreon.com slash colormagic. For just a couple bucks, you could really help us keep moving things on, keep making cool items, keep our kids and cats fed, you know, help us just keep moving things forward and promoting and allow us to put a little more time in here and actually make a little bit of money for our efforts, which would be kind of nice. But to that end, we do have three people who felt kindly enough to support us. So we got Dylan Boise. Alexander Wilder and Emma Larkins, which by the way, if you don't know Emma Larkins, Emma actually has a game, an award-winning game now that's actually been really crushing it and has everybody talking about it called Abandon All Artichokes. It is a cute little fun game. If you haven't seen it, you should go look it up and check it out. It's really good stuff. And we also have a sponsor of the show, Cardsphere.com. They're a cool website where you can go in and put your cards in or just go looking for cards. You can sell them or buy them at the price you want or even decide when you want to if a card goes so high or so low. like It's it's a really cool site, and I've used it recently to start collecting a bunch of dragons approaches out of Strixhaven, so I'll have enough to play with when we get back to playing in paper, since that's a thing uh, with uh, Wizards opening up U.S. play soon uh, at the end of the month. So I wanted to make sure I had enough dragons approaches, so I just went on and put those on my list and said, I want to try to get like 20 of these. And then within a day, a bunch of people started sending me dragons approaches. So, you know, about four or five days later, I had them in the mail. It was awesome. That's literally all I had to do. I didn't even have to go work for it. I just put them in, said the price I wanted to sell them for, and people just started sending them to me. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it's, it's so much better than even having to go mess around on, like, eBay or go through all the, like, web stores. Because I can literally just basically put a request out into the ether and then wait 48 hours. It's awesome. You should check it out. They are cardsphere.com. And then one final thing is don't forget, if you would like to get a playmat with the wonderful logo of our show, Color of Magic, or pick up some tokens with a lovely likeness of me and Brian on them. We use the term likeness real loosely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like they look a little more ripped. You know, they don't have our COVID (laughs) bodies on them. But, you know, you you just got to play along. I've never been that ripped. (laughs) But it still looks like you, and that's all that matters. (laughs) If y'all would like some of those, we do have them available in sets of 10. You get five of each. You can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop, and we will get those out to you within about 48 hours. I'm going to get most of them out pretty quick, and then it doesn't take you very long to get them after that. And we do ship worldwide, and we do have discounts available on there as well. 
All right. All that business aside, I have to admit, this week was kind of crazy. We had all kinds of stuff to talk about. I had tons of things we could have hit on the soapbox. I just didn't think people would want to listen to me rant for 30 minutes. But we both have things we want to talk about this week. Yours, yours is more significant, but mine's a little more personally petty, I would say. And it's and again, it's me coming after just gamers. This isn't even just the magic community. This is just gamers. Because this is with multiple games I follow and, and people in different parts of the gaming community. But I'm seeing a lot of people who are griping with their preferred company about their game, not having a long timeline for organized play, which isn't even reasonably feasible right now. Like you literally have all of these companies trying to operate worldwide competitions in a world with a pandemic happening where you have some countries, sure, like the US where we're getting vaccinated and slowly getting back to normal. And you have the opposite. You have places like India where people are still dying by the thousands. Like literally... Shivam, who we had in our show, was telling us he has people working there in the, the crematoriums that are concerned because they're using them so much, the metal is melting Good on the God. racks. How do you expect these companies to have long-term plans right now? They don't know when travel's going to open up. They don't know when people... Hell, they don't know when people even be able to go across borders that are near them much less fly somewhere. Like anything they put up is a, is a patchwork band-aid system to just get us through the next year or in the next nine months or whatever they feel they need to do. And even, even in terms of magic, like they had just laid out this whole new system and laid out the whole thing with like the, the rivals league and all that. And that immediately got blown up because of the pandemic. So they had to pivot. And obviously all the tournaments they were going to do in person had to get canceled and money had to get shifted and, Marketing dollars went every which way. And then people are mad about that, that they were making changes. And where it was like, what do you want them to do? Like, you like these companies can't like, first off, if you're going to be mad about no long-term plan, or you're going to be mad about them, like constantly changing things, like pick a lane, be mad about one of them and then quit swerving in traffic. Like pick your side. Cause like this, this is dumb. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, we like to have plans. We want to know what we can work toward. We know, want to know what we can save our money for or whatever, right? Like there, I get the want for the information, but be rational and reasonable about it. Like they are trying to manage a thing that's worldwide with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of players and competitors in a world that nothing is certain right now. Hell, right now, most companies can't even get enough parts for things. I, I think I've told you before on the show, like it just us trying to get like a washer or a bed or whatever, like everything yeah. has like long weights and everything else. So hell, the, everything people are complaining about right now, it's just like you got to understand the world is not the same as it was 24 months ago. Like they need time. They're working on things. And trust me, every one of these companies would love to just come tell you, hey, here's our plan for the next 12 months or 24 months. And here's what we're going to do. And here's the prize money. And here's like, 
it would make their life easier too. Their stockholders would love to have those plans. Yes. Like, that's what I don't think people understand. Like, them having that mapped out makes their workflow way easier. They can have less meetings. They can have guaranteed budgets. They can set people's schedules. Like, they can make promo material and ads and whatever. Like, all of that becomes easier when all those details are laid out. It's not like they don't want to give it to you. They just are making it up as they go along because that's all we're all doing. I've talked to you all about it before, about just my content that I put out. Like, I had to do a complete 180 because everything I want to do wasn't going to be possible anymore. Hell, I bought things to do content that I have not even hardly touched in the last, what, 15 months? Like, come on, man. Like, and it's sad to see like how many smart gamers we have in our communities and just to see how dumb they act. Like it, it really is. It's, it's, it's super disappointing because like I said, every one of these companies would love to just roll out a plan and then give that to you and stick to it. Hell, at least for a year that would make their lives grandly easier. And let's also not forget that they're also trying to work with staff that's come and gone, people that may be getting sick or not, workers in different countries. Like, they have their own internal issues on top of everything else they're trying to communicate. So just chill. It's okay to ask for something, but don't be rude. Don't be harassing. Don't, like, have some level of understanding. Like me and you getting information on some qualifier or world championship or whatever is nice, but it's not the end of the world if we don't get it until the month before. It ain't like we're going to have to buy plane tickets for anything. Reserve hotel rooms that are going to be booked up. That ain't a thing right now, in case you didn't notice. Like we'll be fine. Just chill out. All right, Brian, I'm going to step off this thing before I put a hole in this soapbox. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to let you get up there, because like I said, I think uh, yours is a little more important than mine is. Yeah, I kind of followed up on what I talked about last week, uh, Texas and other states trying to figure out how to teach history or not teach it. And apparently there's a bill in the Texas House right now targeting critical race theory they, they don't want our kids learning about white supremacy and you know how government kind of helps and sometimes well let's just be honest there's a lot of the founding fathers were slave owners so slavery wait, wait, wait. what was that term you use critical race history critical race theory is oh, what okay okay Don't want any of that in our Texas and Florida. And as I said, several states are doing some form of this. And people are just, you know, trying to figure out some kind of way to take in. Because I understand it's hard because especially when we were growing up, you know, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson were revered. Nothing bad was said about them in history books ever. (laughs) But as we've learned, you know, slave owners. So you got to, it's... 
least I feel you, you got to at least talk about it, you know, be able to, so people can make, kind of just you learn the whole of history, not just the parts that make everybody look good. Yeah. And it's becoming an entire battleground. That, man, that is, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Like, I do remember no, I can't, being in can't Texas surprised. and just saying, like, pretty much any time anything near that got brought up, the conversations were kind of ended as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a pretty rough one. And I, and I think it's important to teach that stuff because it at least gives you a complete picture. And, and I don't even think it's to like blame anybody or cast dispersions on anyone, but I think it's just like, you know, some people are still a product of their time, but we have to acknowledge that. Yeah. We gotta, you know, <laughs> there was one, uh, one Senator I saw since the law, we need to teach everything about slavery, including the good, the bad and the ugly. And of course, doers people chatting like, what's the good part? Please enlighten us on what the good part of slavery was, sir. Yeah, no joke. That would have been my first thing. Like, what are you classifying as good? <laughs> like, because anything other than, I guess, like white farm owners getting work done, I guess that's about where it stops. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what else that would be. But you still have people try to say, well, you know, a lot of the slaves were treated well. Mm, well, you can't relative. treat somebody like yeah, you can't treat somebody <laughs> like property. Be like, I don't care how well you're being treated as a slave. Like, could you leave? No, okay, then you weren't being treated that well. Yeah, like that's that's a tough one. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on with people. And of course, since you know Texas is extremely conservative, looks like any efforts to diversify education are going down the drain because they're just not going to have the votes. Well, this is the one thing I will say. Every time I talk to my super conservative friends or whatever, I always have to bring up like, you do realize it's always your team that's against something like this. Right? When yeah. when we talk about racial related stuff, it's always your team that's against fixing it. When we talk about like bringing down poverty and doing these things, it's always your team that's against it. Like, you can say what you want, but you guys kind of are always on the side of the choice that's not helping people. So, And and when you talk about the, the whole debate about, you know, federal right versus states' rights, it's always the states' right to do something just regressive. It's never the state asking, you know, it's never the state wanting to have a higher air quality than what the EPA would require. No, no, no it's, but the, then it's they, the opposite way. But then they want the government to step in. When a state is doing a thing they don't like. Yeah. Because I, I know people in Texas, they're still mad that weed is legal up here in Washington. They're like, I don't know how they do it. Since it's illegal federally, that shouldn't be a thing. And blah, blah. it's like, I don't know, man. People are living fine up here. <laughs> like, also, they understand yeah. that, okay, the FBI doesn't go around to people's houses checking for weed. <laughs> it's just not that critical to them. Yeah, they got bigger things to deal with. That is for that's, sure. That's up to your local police, and we're hearing more and more local police say they are tired of fooling with that and writing those tickets for an ounce or less. Well, yeah, and even in places where they're not completely legalizing it, they're basically making possession under certain amounts 
not even jailable anymore. So it's just like, yeah, okay. even the officers are saying they ain't got time for that. It's like, here, you get a whatever, a warning or a misdemeanor, like yeah. show up and pay your like $50 fine or whatever. Oh, man. All right, Brian. You know, we like to tell people if you're not growing, you're dying and growth comes with learning. So what did you learn this week? <laughs> I, I learned something, but, but, but it's super goofy. Okay. Nintendo has Nintendo has an, or not just Nintendo, but what's on the Nintendo Switch? There's a calculator app that a company called, uh, I'm going to probably mispronounce it, Sabek. I believe the company is called, has, has created a calculator app, which that's fine. Everybody has that on probably every portable device they own, but they're charging $10 for the calculator app. Okay, so Nintendo Switch. Well, I mean, I guess, is it because you can use it on your portable thing? I don't, why? Why do you need a calculator guess, That's the, the question Switch? that the world has right now is why the Switch. I can sure add a calculator app because every portable device or really any kind of device with a computer on it has a calculator, but everybody else's is free. Well, yeah, because I was just thinking that. Like, every phone I've had for the last, gosh, I don't know, 10 years at least, has had a free calculator app. Every computer, laptop, Yeah, Windows has it for free. Yeah, everything. So I, I can only assume they've got an accountant somewhere at this company that has crunched numbers and said, wait, we think a couple of hundred thousand people will actually pay $10 for this. It's not like they got a huge you know, overhead. They're not paying for software development here. Yeah, it's also weird that a company was like, we program this for the switch. Right? Like, what'd you do? Just copy files and then just, I don't know, somebody designed the, the visuals for it. Like, I, this is a weird one, man. Why? Why do you even need a calculator on that, your that switch at the all? the ultimate, but why though? Yeah. Like this feels like that definition of like, just because we can doesn't right. mean we should like, why? Like, if anybody knows, feel free to hit us up on, on Twitter and let us know, like, why would you want slash need a, a calculator on your Switch? I don't... And, like, and I, why would you pay $10 for it? Yeah, there's so, there so many great games you could get for under $10. That's the next biggest... Like, my first thought is trying to even justify why I want it in the first place. So I can at least... Think about, okay, if I have that need, is that need worth $10? I can't tell you how many times I've been playing Super Smash Bros. and go, like, wait, I forgot to do my taxes. Let me just yeah. pull a window up right here. I don't I don't know what to do with that, dude. I literally am at a loss. Like, I mean, because I know you can play, like, portable stuff on your Switch or whatever, and that's cool. But, like, are you ever on, like, a road trip and your kids are, like, Damn, I don't have a cell phone between the five of us. Right. <laughs> I guess I need to like use my switch to figure out my math homework or whatever. Like, first, first step to that is don't pay ten dollars for a calculator app. It's the first math lesson you need to learn. Yeah, I mean you're right though. Maybe I assume they figured out it was worth it, or they wouldn't have done it. But that is such a weird thing for $10. I'm going to try to follow up and see, you know, if we can get sales numbers in a month or two on the calculator app. And then I'll be scratching my head all over again. But then I guess they'll prove that they knew what they're talking about. They've sold even 
a hundred thousand copies of this. I mean, I don't. I'm the same person that I think it's crazy that people pay like three thousand dollars for like a Gucci belt or whatever. So I mean, maybe somebody would pay ten bucks for a calculator app. Oh man! All right, so this is kind of a little bit of a follow up from a couple weeks ago, where I told you I had somebody who copied my thumbnails and used them on their YouTube channel, and we went back and forth. I submitted the thing to YouTube, the copyright claim. It got approved. The guy had seven days to take it down. At like day two, he two or three, he took it down and he contacted me and you know all that. And we we've actually had a couple of conversations in between. And he's basically said like, yeah, he should have realized how screwed up it was in the beginning and how serious it was. And, you know, so it all came full circle. But I bring this up because one of the things I learned is once you kind of put that copyright claim in motion, it's in motion. <laughs> like you you don't really get to do much about it because there's no controls on your side to turn it off. So though he had taken it down, we waited for the seven days to expire and then his video went away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was like, yo, bro, what happened? Like, I, I did the thing. And I'm like, I don't know. They said it was good after you did the thing. I don't, I don't know what happened. So I went back and forth with YouTube to discover that there's kind of a second step to this process. So I say put this out here so anybody who ever has to submit a copyright claim understands. But on your channel, or actually there's a thing they call YouTube Studio. And it's kind of where you can edit your things or, you know, look up your stats or any of that stuff. Well, within the YouTube studio, they have a button in the left side panel that's for copyright. You click on it. There's a thing that you can submit a copyright claim and you can basically put like an immediate claim or a seven day thing, kind of depending on the severity of the issue. Once that's going, if the person complies with your thing and they reach out to you, then you have to actually send an email to their claims email at YouTube. Partly because this is a whole separate thing. Like basically, once you start a copyright claim, you start a legal thing in a whole separate department. So you send them this email, and there's a couple of things you have to include specifically. Like, you know, this is a rescinder. I want to rescind the claim for these reasons. This is the channel or violating thing. And then, you know, make sure your full name is in there saying like, you are the owner of the original content or representer of the original content and are okay with this. And, you know, two days later after that, they got back to me, said it's all good. I checked the dude's channel. His video's back up. So it's all good. It was just one of those interesting things that I didn't realize that was a whole separate department, a whole separate uh, process. But, yeah, kind of made our way through it. And I learned something. So now I know the efficiencies of the system now. Now they know how it works. But I figured I would share that with everybody because, who knows, somebody listening might have an issue down the road. At least you know what to expect. Who knows? Y'all might have some people trying to scoop some of y'all's like fun jokes or whatever off your family channel. <laughs> it could happen. Uh, all right. That aside, let's get into some real news because we have a lot of things to talk about. You know, we get to bust on Twitch again. <laughs> and, and really, it's not even fun. I have to admit, like people seem to get off on like just bashing Twitch. Like I want people to know we really don't like, I actually just like, we said it before we're pulling for the OGs. Yeah. Like I, I want Twitch to be awesome again and be the place people want to go. But competition is good for everybody. So that, that's true. We have that are crushing it. 
Well, the issue we have this week is there were several streamers requesting to have two categories back on Twitch that for some reason they had up and then removed. But there's a category that was Black Brilliance and another that was AAPI, which for those that don't know are Asian American Pacific Islander is what that stands for. And these categories are neat on Twitch because they can help you find people that are like you or find people you want to support in certain categories. Maybe you want to broaden just your perspectives and you're looking for people in different categories that maybe you don't currently follow or don't have anybody in your social circles that you can learn from. Like, this is a way you can find people. And they have these for different categories too, different genders, things like that. But for whatever reason, these two categories were no longer available. And this gets to feeling like that whole saying the quiet parts out loud when you right. have something available for Black History Month and then you magically don't have it anymore. And it really would have just been a simple PR thing to just say like, okay, cool. We're going to create this category called Black Brilliance and we're going to roll it out during Black History Month so we get maximum number of eyes on it for the people who want to tag themselves in these categories. And then we're just going to have it be a thing. And then we'll just talk about it again like every February or whatever, bring more attention to it. But for some reason, they were like, hey, here's a thing. I bet you all appreciate this. And then it just wasn't a thing. So transparent. I, I can't think of a good reason why you would take those categories away. I Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, why do they not just always exist? That just seems like an easy... <laughs> Twitch just does it to themselves. Like like you said, we don't want to be bashing on them every week, but then they do stuff like this. Yeah, they literally just set themselves up. And I just don't even understand. Like, like the thing that gets bothersome is that you know somebody at Twitch is getting yelled at on a regular basis when this type of stuff happens. And nobody checks this kind of thing and goes, you know what we probably should do? <laughs> like, here's the worst part about it, though, right? Because it already existed. That means there's a back-end thing that all somebody has to do is just change a couple of toggles, and then now it's available again. Right. Unless for somebody magically deleted all the coding for it, which I doubt. Like, you literally could just turn it right back on. So as soon as you see if people they did, that person's getting yelled at, I would imagine. Well, yeah. But as long as, it, like, if you see the complaints on Twitter... It should take you like 48 hours tops to discuss it. Somebody put together the PR statement that, hey, we realize these are popular. We're going to make them forever permanent, blah, blah, blah. You roll out your statement. The categories go live. End of story. You can move on to the next thing. It's literally about how easy it should be. But as we've seen, nothing's really easy with Twitch. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. How, how does this rub you, Brian? Like, I, like it, it just feels just misguided all the way around to me it just this happens a lot where they take away categories and there's they don't even tell you they just you you go to look for a thing and it's not there anymore and they don't explain you know why they did away with that category yeah and i and i would venture to guess (laughs) i think that's how this came about a couple people were looking for it and it was just gone and I think that's. I what, think the same thing happened with the category that, that lets you find people, you know, by like L, LGBTQ. They took away with that category for a while. I don't know if it's back, but I think that one did come back eventually. Okay. But yeah, the, the, you're right. I do remember that being a discussion. 
And then all the same questions of why would you take it away? That just seems like a layup, a thing people would obviously look for, you know, because. Well, you know why? It wasn't Pride Month. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just, like, I mean, that's what month. it feels like. I don't it know really if it's does. true. I mean, it's I don't just, know if it's true, but that's what it feels like. Yeah, just why would like you know like black is brilliant and and the Asian American category. Why would you take that away ever? Those seem like just obvious things that people would be looking for on Twitch. Yeah, I don't know. Like again, and these and the stuff that the reason these are so frustrating is these are just like easy wins for companies. That that's the thing that's frustrating. Like this isn't even like deep inside baseball or something. People have to go like research or program or whatever like these are just like things you can just do tomorrow like these are just like oh this is stuff people want great let's just make it happen done and you get a win and everybody loves you for like a week and it's just like man like this is why you're getting all the hate this is why there's problems like there should never even be a discussion this this is the easiest underhand pitch that you could probably get Right. From the programming side of Twitch. Well, once you put an, an ethnic category out there, you, you keep it there. <laughs> yeah, I just don't even say, like, if you think a category is important enough to showcase, even if it's not racial, if it's, if it's I don't know, finding people with disabilities or finding people from certain countries or whatever it is. Yeah. If you think it's important enough to even put up at all, why take it away? Because I can't imagine these. I, you know, people were interacting with these categories, so yes. they, they can't say because we see how many people are upset and they're gone. So they can't. It's one thing if it's a category, you know, that okay, I can't even think. Of, maybe you know, you get a category for I don't know, rogues like rogue likes to feature zombies, and it doesn't get the clues that I was gonna get. Okay, I get. It, but... Yeah, I don't know, man. So, something like this doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah, we'll see. It's an ongoing story. Like I said, people started talking about it a few days ago, but we can follow up and see what comes of it. In some other, I guess we'll call it geek news, DC had some stuff out, some announcements and some some social media posts where they were talking about trying to get a, or at least looking into the idea of getting a black director and toying with the idea of having a black Superman. Now, of course, we all know there's already been a black Superman in the form of John Henry Irons as Steel. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he, he got to wear the Superman logo and wear a cape, so we're going to call him Superman. But in all reality, they were actually talking about, as it turns out, possibly doing a story with a black Clark Kent. And it was a little weird because I'm like, is this a thing anybody really wants? This is they already have an established black Superman character. I said only two if you count Steel, but I think there was one. Well, that's million. true. There was a, I want to say his name was Calvin Ellis. And I yeah, I think which, that's who it was. I forget which of the 52 Earths it was. but Yeah, so like, I'm not really sure what they're aiming for. With these storylines. Because the other thing, too, is like, are we going to have to sit through yet another origin story of Superman? Because I'll tell you this, dude. Like, 
There should we should institute a new rule as nerds. You don't get to do another origin story unless it's been one decade since the last time you put that in a movie. That, that seems, but I guess you'd argue that hey, you can't assume that there might be that one person that doesn't know how Batman, you know, lost you know what his though. Parents. But but the thing is, a decade, the movie's still new enough and easy enough that you can find it easily. Whether whether you need to go find a DVD or you want to look it up on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, like the movie will be out there. So like we don't need that again. Like we don't need the the fourth telling of Batman's origin or the fifth telling of Superman or God forbid the fifteenth telling of Spider Man's origin or whatever. Like we we've done that enough. Now I kind of understand if you say okay we're gonna do a a black Superman and maybe we want to, I don't know, you do the whole thing with him coming up in the hood or whatever. Cause that's probably what DC would do. Okay. At least that'd be so completely different that it would at least warrant having a different origin. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure how they would like, what would you want out of a movie featuring a black Clark Kent? That's a tough question. I mean, I, 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 does he still land in Smallville, or like you said, does he, does, does he land in Compton? Did the guy? I don't know. See, that's I, I'm see, frightened of the things that could happen here. And that was my thing. Like, I like the first. My thought was at first, is this even a thing we really need? Because I did see a Twitter post of man. I wish I would have clipped it because it would have been perfect for the show, but where they had two black actors, one that was younger wearing glasses and one that was older that could be like Lex Luthor or something, and basically doing a whole Superman universe with a bunch of the characters being African-American, which, okay, and I don't know how serious people were or whatever. They were kind of like toying with the idea. But I don't know if that's really where they were going with DC. I think it was more about like, hey, what if we just came as a perspective of what if Superman was black instead of white? I'd love it if they did, you know, some of the old milestone characters, but maybe they feel like that's not going to get the money the way Superman would. It certainly probably wouldn't get the media coverage that they're being a black Superman would get. Yeah, I like, and it's tough too because I like what we already know DC's bad at handling so very much with their characters. Yeah. And now you're going to put both cast director producers like in these situations to deal with this conversations and the PR that's going to come with doing this. I don't have faith in them handling it. Well, I mean, I want them to do the movie, but yeah, you see they, their, their track record recently has not been great. They haven't been able to figure out their, their regular good old fashioned Superman movies. And my other problem is too, you already have some black characters that you haven't really even given a showcase to or treated well to begin with. Like, hell, we haven't even done like the John Stewart Green Lantern for anything in a movie yet. And, and I think they probably, filmed something and he ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, like he's their most prominent black character really these days. And they haven't even done anything with that. So it's like, if you can't even treat that character right, like what's going to happen when you try to completely rewrite an existing character with a different background? And I, and I don't know if this is like DC looking over at Marvel and going like, well, they did the Black Panther and that made a crap ton of money. Maybe we need to do something like it's like, mm, but oh, everybody's doing that. Everybody yeah. is looking at how much money that, that but movie the made. Is, so, yeah. The Black Panther was 
already a black character and it was already surrounded by black characters. So you and didn't it was have incredibly to... well done. Oh, that was true. We like they, 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 I don't think people even understand for black Panther. They went so far as to create their own dialect of language, right? Like they brought in actual like language experts and ling linguistics coaches to get the, like when you, when you heard uh, what's his name, the main actor who's passed now, but like, when he was speaking in that Wakandan accent, that's actually made up specifically for the movie. So Wakandan could have its own sound even. Like, that's how serious Marvel was about it. And I was just like, okay. They they went in complete on it. But they they went through and like, okay, what is what is the the like the local attire look like? You know, do how do you deal with the technology being in the place where people are still like farming and whatever? And okay, what does that look like? And you know, they literally mapped out all that stuff so they could make it look genuine in the modern era, but still be like true to being a African style country. You know, and I don't know if DC is going to give it that type of treatment because right now everything's just about being dark and gothic and gritty and whatever and having these dark backgrounds and all that stuff. We talked about this before the show. Like, there's, I, I, I want to see the movie. It's just, it's hard to trust DC to do these things right at this point. I mean, the fact that they want to slap like dark and gritty on everything already makes me not comfortable with what they're going to pull off. Because, like, even like, I don't know if y'all have seen the ads about this new Teen Titan show that's supposed to be out or coming out. But it's it's like Teen Titans, but all of them are just like cussing and wanting to stab and kill things or whatever. I'm like, what is this? Like, I guess nope. I said you hated Teen Titans Go, so we went all the we went the complete opposite direction. Yeah, I'm like nobody's asking for this. Like, why? Who? Like, obviously, it's not going to have the huge rating. And and what's weird is they have the shows like The Arrow and Flash and whatever that have done very well for them. But for whatever reason, they don't want to latch on to that, which is just mind boggling. Because I don't even watch those shows, but I know all about them because I know a ton of people who watch them. Yeah. And I'm just like, why? If you if these are successful, why are you trying to get so far away from that and then have people just complain about your stuff? And then you see all the like low ratings and reports or whatever from your movies. And we know that style of stuff is good when you can do lighthearted stuff, when you can do humor and do whatever, because that's what Marvel's doing. And the most recent DC movie I've seen that I enjoyed was actually Shazam. Like, I just, you can just do more of that and I'll have a good old time. And, you know, The Rock's going to be Black Adam, so I'm looking forward to that. Yep. That, that. Even when he's in bad movies, he's entertaining. So that'll probably work out for that. Should should work out. But yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. I just think we want to put it on people's radar that uh, you could be getting a black Superman or black Clark, Clark Kent specifically. I'm I'm just here for the comments. <laughs> really, that will make the movie itself. Because I remember the black Captain America comments. Yeah, that's true. And we had some bad news for Magic Arena over the weekend. The arena servers held tight with whatever 
bubble gum tape zip ties or whatever they were on their last one they were like that button after you've been doing that like thanksgiving dinner and you, you start <laughs> bulging a little bit around the belt and you gotta gotta loosen up a couple notches that's how Reno was feeling over the weekend. You slide your hand down, you sort of your pants yep. like Al Bundy. That's exactly it. But but there wasn't even room to get the hand down there the way the servers were burgeoning, man. Uh, before people that don't know, they basically rolled out historic brawl, which everybody had been waiting for, you know, on Arena, and there was a sealed Arena open, which I think that's also important to note that because it's sealed, people are taking even more time. Because they have to build their decks and, you know, yeah. they're going through the whole process. And some people are asking people for help and all that. And, like, there's a whole thing. But a lot of people were struggling to even get more than a couple of games done at a time because the servers couldn't hold. And people were getting long wait times. And then some people couldn't lock in. Like, I was, I decided as soon as I saw there was any issues, I just wasn't going to play the Open. But even just to get on and just, like, record some footage for a video, like, I couldn't even get on that day. Like, I ended up just not even logging on to Arena for a day, and I just made a whole separate video. Because, I like, the couple times I tried, once it was a complete black screen, the other I just got the, uh, whatever you call the, the spinning timer or whatever, with just, like, waiting for server notification. So I was like, yeah, this is bad. Now, to make up for it, Arena decided they were going to issue refunds for everybody who automatically for everyone who didn't finish. So if you started the arena open and didn't finish, you were automatically getting a refund is the way I understood it. And then everybody else who experienced issues that either like got you a weird loss or whatever, you know, a bunch of different things. Basically, you just go in, you submit a report, tell them you want a refund for these reasons. And it sounds like from everybody I've talked to, they're just refunding nearly everything that's relevant at all. So you can't be like, oh, I played through and then I lost and this sucks and whatever. It's like, eh, probably not going to give your money back. But if you were like, hey, look, I won at this thing and the server was acting weird and I got a loss where I won the match and then I was just out of the event, what gives? You know, then they can look at the log and say, yeah, you're right. Here's your money back, you know, whatever. But to, so that and I'll give them credit. Like it sucks that the server's broke. It's also probably not smart to roll out two things that, I would assume the majority of your players wanted one or the other, so they're all hopping on to play at the same time on the same day. It's probably bad. But they're at least trying to make good by people. And then for everybody else that you may not be getting a monetary refund, they did decide to put out a code, uh, experimental overload, just like it sounds, one word. You can use that in the arena store, and it gets you 200 experience on the... Uh, ladder, or I guess not the ladder. The, what do we call the mastery pass? So, if you just want to get two thousand experience, just because for everybody, you can just use the code experimental overload, and that'll help you out. But did you try to play it all this weekend, Brian? When all that was going on, I did not. It sounds like I was fortunate. I would say you were fortunate. Uh, I thought that was uh, a really bad situation. And it's weird. I don't know, like, because, and there were certain things that weren't affected and certain things that were. So it kind of leads me to believe that most of the gaming happens on just a couple of servers where everything else, like the decks seem to be on a separate server and the store seems to be on a separate server. So like all the information is, is kind of categorized interestingly on these different servers. Because there were some that, watching people play and seeing their videos and stuff like 
you could tell what things were affected and not. And I don't know if maybe that means arena's gotten big enough that they have to add a couple of extra servers for the gameplay stuff or who knows what. But I guarantee you they were probably having some meetings between Monday and today just about like how to mitigate that going forward. You know, having been there, that, I'm sure that is a top level discussion right now. And as you said, also, I guess probably not having two big things launched the same day. Yeah. Probably going to be a thing they discuss. That didn't help at all. But I will say, like, obviously, everybody was upset, been out of shape about it. I mean, I get it. You have the right to be mad about it. But at some point, we're just being juvenile about it, you know? It's just like, cool, we know it's wrong. It sucks. Give them your nasty gram, and then let's move on. Now, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I thought they might actually just say, hey, we're going to do a whole second weekend of the arena open and just give people another shot at it, which would have been kind of cool because there are some people who are just like, well, I kind of wanted to play, but I just opted not to because I just knew there was going to be problems and I didn't want to, like, waste my time or money. Of course, if you're if you're afraid your servers aren't going to hold, although maybe you don't have another one until you're sure uh, sure your pants are buttoned back up, so to speak. Well, that that's fair too. That's a good point. Maybe if they they maybe the issue is not what we think it is, and it's something more severe. And until they have that figured out, it wouldn't even be worth announcing it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thought. I mean, it's very possible. The, the, the only thing worse than having that happen one weekend is having two weekends in a row of trying to have an arena open and having everything crash. Oh, yeah. Now, if it happened a second weekend, I would tell people, like, go nuts. Right? If you told and people, the, You no. wouldn't have to. They would. They yeah. absolutely would. That'd be different if they were like, hey, look, no, we fixed everything and it's good. And then it blew up again on the second weekend. It'd be like, ooh, now, now you just got problems. You know, so... Yeah, it was a thing. People weren't happy, obviously, for good reason. But yeah, I, I don't know. They they seem like they're trying to make good on it, though. Like the people who won their prizes are still getting paid out with no problems. You know, if you you wasted money, you're getting a refund. And even for people who are just inconvenienced or just not, just because you want to put the code in, you get 200 experiments experience on the mastery pass. So yeah, I'll take. Really, didn't ask for him to do too much more. What were you saying there? I said, I'll take it. The, the uh, free experience. Yeah, you might as well. It's out there. All right. And we have another thing that uh, is Twitch related, but this isn't so much just Twitch. Though, I think Twitch probably should have stepped in on the promotion. But a makeup company or beauty brand as they are referred to in the marketing spheres that goes by elf elf which i looked it up before the show i thought elf was going to stand for something awesome maybe somebody's name or whatever nope it just stands for eyes lips face i was very disappointed by that like i thought there was gonna be like some cool term or something i was gonna learn like no <laughs> no it's just we make makeup for the face pretty you much hoping it was like shield or something yeah something i don't know but like I, it, yeah but anyway they decided to start uh, promoting themselves pretty heavily this week on Twitch because they're starting a Twitch channel. So, I, to my knowledge, going to be the first beauty brand to, I guess, sponsor a whole Twitch channel. Which isn't so weird for Twitch in the sense that 
they've been branching out into different things. They've had some pro sports, you know, like soccer, football, and some other things. Amazon's been trying to make a deal with the NFL. So they have like a big $10 billion package to show some games on Twitch now. So like just a few different things that are going on. So, you know, Twitch is just trying to branch out a bit. But what set a lot of people off with this elf makeup brand is they were promoting themselves as kind of like the first big women's empowerment movement in gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my first thing was, oh, this ain't going to go well. Let me go hop over to the Black Girl Gamers Twitch page. (laughs) And I brought that up and brought it up on Twitter. And yeah, they were not happy. Because all they've been doing is trying to promote black women in gaming for three years. And they're like, yeah, you don't say. And then not only that, they had, uh, when they were quoted about it, let me see if I can find the exact quotes they used. It's designed to further Elf's purpose pillar of empowering others and by promoting and supporting up-and-coming female gamers. And looks to help shatter glass ceilings in the world of gaming making it more inclusive for and welcoming for female gamers. Yet, I'm pretty sure there were only white women in those ads. Oh, boy. It's just like we were talking about earlier. This this should be way easier to do than what they seem to act like it is. My thing is you can't you like it should just be a rule. If you're putting together anything for marketing or PR or whatever, if you use the term inclusivity, you use the term like diversity, like anything similar, you should have to depict that in your imagery. That'd be like if we were like showing these clips as we talked about our show and we're like, yeah, we're trying to increase inclusivity and diversity in the gaming space and blah, blah. And it's just dudes and all the images like that would be just as bad. Like, you shouldn't, like, that, again, this isn't even, like, this is just level one stuff. Like, somebody should just go, hey, if we're going to mention inclusivity, like, shouldn't we get, like, a couple of Asian or black women to be in this thing? Especially right now with what's going on in the news? Like, that would be easy. Like, a no effort thing. Like, you could have just went and got somebody from accounting or from one of the other departments and be like, hey, we need you to sit in on this, like, shooting for the commercial for, like, 10 minutes. Hang like, on. Let me it. close up the calculator up on the switch. I'll be right over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, but that's all you need, though, right? Like, it's not even like you have to try hard. It's like, come on. And then there are, there are so many women and so many groups that have started to come around trying to promote women and get women featured on things and whatever. So, like, to step in and be like, yeah, we're going to lead the charge in the women's empowerment and gaming or whatever. Like, come on. It was... Uh, they if, if they wanted to be trending, they succeeded, but they weren't trending for anything good. <laughs> yeah, like, to me, the easy slam dunk there would have been like, hey, we want to start this channel to support these tenants that we believe in. And we want to also support other efforts of women's empowerment on Twitter or on Twitch. Then you get yourself to get out of jail free pass. You could work with other women or groups that are in the same space. 
Maybe you could do some cross promotion stuff with them, invite them onto your channel to try on your makeup stuff or whatever, which is good for you and your brand anyway. Like, come on, like level one marketing stuff. Like you don't even have to try hard to get that right. You could still make it look good. You still look like you care. You can get your stuff in front of everybody else's communities. Like so easy to do. And who knows? They'll probably still do that in the end. I just think the initial rollout of their ads was not handled very well at all. Uh, everything I saw on social media pretty much confirms that. Yeah, just like, why, man? Like, it just, again, it's only frustrating because it's so easy. Because I, I even here, when there have been things that are difficult or things that, like, are kind of on the line, or we've said that. So, like, man, I get how somebody messed this up. Right. I get how you don't see these things. But like this is one where it's just like, whoever put this together, you didn't even try. Like this, this was easy. This is another one of those. This isn't even an underhand softball pitch. This was just sitting on the tee and you missed it. This is like that sad kid we used to go like, oh, poor little Jimmy can't even hit a tee ball. Like that's what this feels like. Which, by the way, if you've ever seen anybody swing at a tee ball and miss, that is a pretty sad thing. <laughs> I think Michael Jordan did that a couple of times. <laughs> it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. Or when you see somebody set it up three or four times and they just hit the tee instead of the ball, it's like, damn, man, you had three tries and you hit the tee every time. But, you know, then again, that's kind of like a visual image of Twitch these days. All right, Brian, let's get to one final conversation here. And uh, this one... This one kind of carries against across all games, but it comes up because of an incident I had over the weekend. Actually, not over the weekend. I believe this might have been Monday when this happened. But I was in the middle of streaming and recording some footage when a user with the name Swamp-Pass came up. And uh, yeah, if you say that quickly to yourself... You'll, you'll figure out the humorous part about that name. And I mentioned that, you know, okay, this is a name that's cute. It's funny. You tried to sneak it in there. It's like, it's not really offensive or whatever. So I'm probably not going to report him. It's funny. You got me on a good day. No report for you. And But then it started a conversation of, yeah, I do report names whenever I'm gaming that are overly vulgar or profane for no reason. You know, sexist, racist. Yeah. Whatever. I, you know, because there's just no need for it to be there. And then I got a few messages, comments on my YouTube stuff of people being mad that I reported stuff. So my response was if you're going to use a username that is vulgar, sexist, racist, etc., I am going to continue to report it. And you're just going to die mad about it. And then and that you're led... not alone in that, I don't think. Oh, it turns out no, because I posted that on that on uh, Twitter, and then everybody jumped on an agreement. But then I got a wonderful message as a follow up to one of those, which I did leave up for people to see. By the way, it says, "Well, and you know, earmuff for the next ten seconds if you can't listen to foul language, anybody, because this is an actual quote." It says that's some weak shit. I guess you weren't raised in our no snitching culture. Peace out. Now, 
for those of you that don't know, if somebody even brings up no snitching culture that has to do with usernames on a video game, <laughs> you've told me everything I need to know about you because you have never been in a situation where you even needed to invoke the no snitching rule. And, and let me, this is aside from the actual point we're getting at here, but let me, I want to clarify this no snitch thing for people. This isn't anytime something happens, you never say anything to anybody. This has to do with people handling their own business, not necessarily involving the authorities. You know, if you are part of certain subcultures, you let those parts of the subculture work it out. And it's also understood that let's say you're a gang member and something happens around you and you are not in a gang or in any way affiliated with anybody who is in a gang. Nobody gives a damn if you go report something. That's not how the system works, right? You aren't involved in any way, shape or form. Yes, you are going to go report something that's expected to happen. Like the no snitching rule isn't a magical rule that says nobody ever reports anything to an authority figure ever. That's not how it works. Which tells me this other person's an idiot. Which, by the way, our no snitching culture in that thing, I that just made me, like, if I had the time, oh, man, I, I would have just went on a giant dissertation rant there. On, on the that, that's what no snitching is about. It's about gamer tags. <laughs> yeah, like, get over that. But anyway, back back on topic. This is something that comes up in every game. It really does. Like, I mean, I can't count. I mean, like I said, we talked about it off, off the air, but there's maybe a handful of games where I haven't reported a username. And there are people that will get creative in every way possible and try to use uh, like different letters or numbers in place of letters to make stuff work. They will try to use different terminology that's similar to try to get around things. They will, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. But to me, it's even beyond that. It's when you're talking about trying to expand the brand, trying to get it in front of more people. Like I know people who have literally been trying to set up something to get some cross promotional stuff done. And they've had to panic and not show something to somebody who was going to be at that presentation because of the names that were on screen. I know somebody who was setting up something for a youth group and trying to show something and they couldn't show it and had to like wait, find another opponent, you know, all that because they didn't want to have certain names on the screen. Like, people shouldn't have to edit out things and be concerned about who's going to see it or whatever because you've got a vulgar-ass name on screen. That's why they have those terms of service. And you, the thing you signed up for says, hey, if your stuff is vulgar, they, they, can, <laughs> they can yank it. But you know what, though? Like, you, nobody needs to know that you chase boobs. Like, what? why? Why would you even put that in a thing? It's just funny to them. These are the same people no one that else, when, when I would look at resumes would have get all the honeys 42 at Gmail. I was like, these are people that just have no real wherewithal or awareness. Whereas my grandma would say, ain't got any home training. Right. You know, like what, what is even what's going through your head? And I like, promise it, you that dude did not get all the honeys. Oh, I, I guarantee you he didn't. <laughs> but like, here's the thing, though. Think about like, at what point is somebody going to want to work with you 
or sponsor you or whatever if you have one of those usernames. Like, you think they want that on their PR material? That they want that on their website? That somebody even wants to say that name on coverage? Like, it's just dumb. There's literally no reason at all. There's no benefits to it. Zero. Hell, and people have even tried that. And people said, oh, that's just an arena thing. You wouldn't do that in paper. Bull. Like, we have had people show up, especially for team events. People try to get cute and come up with a quirky or vulgar, whatever, team name. And then when the event starts, they're like, hey, why are we listed as team number five? Well, because you signed up as team number five. No, we use this name. And I was like, yes. And we thought team number five was more appropriate. And that's what you get to be the rest of the day. When you come in an event with a shirt that's got something ridiculous on it, you're told to either change your shirt or turn it inside out. You have one of those ridiculous anime thonged women bikini playmats, whatever those dumb things are, you're told to put it away. Same thing applies in your gaming. Like, there is no reason for that. Like, nobody wants to, like, who even wants to game with that person? Like, if I get into a lobby and there's four or five of us going to be on a team and we're playing, I don't know, Overwatch or Apex Legends, League of Legends, and you've got a name that pretty much tells me you aren't friendly to colored folks. Like, who are you, you expecting the game with? Get recorded. Yeah. Like, what are you expecting is going to come of that? You know when you pick that name, you're on borrowed time. So, yeah, I don't understand any of it. There's zero benefits to that. And most of the time, in my experience, and I only know this because they've brought their names up in discussion, those times where I've been able to identify the person attached to the usernames, it's been a try hard every time. Somebody who thinks they're better than they are, somebody who's telling you how terrible other people are, who's trying to get to the pro level or top level or whatever it is they're playing like it's always that person which is makes no sense to me because you have the lowest chance of getting supported of getting somebody to work with you of getting a sponsor or whatever because nobody's going to want that on their material nobody's going to want to be associated with that like you're doing yourself a disservice much less all the inconvenience and problems you're causing everybody else But, like, Wizards doesn't want to be doing a presentation for HP Omen or whatever and see your crappy username pop up. Like, come on now. So, yeah, the fact, and I tell people straight up, like, if you were defending that, I'm just going to think negatively of you. Just letting you know. Like, you might be an all right person, but I'm definitely going to have at least somewhat more of a negative opinion of you because there is no reason... For those two, a little bit of the side eye. Yep, uh, yeah, it'd be a lot of the side eye. I might give you that <laughs> that like angry librarian side where I pull the glasses all the way down to the tip of my nose and oh give God, you the side not eye. That. I'm I might give you that one. <laughs> like, Anything with that, give you the I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Look. Yep, that's exactly it. Well, all right, Brian. On that note, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Alright, I am DL Caesar on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. 
And you can always find me at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. I've been streaming Facebook during the weekdays, and you can also find me on the evenings over at Twitch, or you can just catch out my YouTube videos every single day over on YouTube, which by the way, by the time you listen to this, I will be just short of 1 million views on my YouTube videos in 14 months, which is outstanding. Okay. So come by and be part of that. And as always, we got to tell you, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And please still continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, stay away from other humans that are icky with the COVID because not everybody is vaccinated yet. And we are getting so close to getting back to gaming and gathering. So let's make that happen. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 